Welcome to Vibing Consciously, the podcast dedicated to deep discussions about spiritual healing and enlightenment. Hi everyone, I'm Kat. And I'm Sarah. We're the hosts of the Vibing Consciously podcast, where we explore the power of conscious living together. In this podcast, we dive deep into the realms of self-love, self-awareness, and self-transformation. We don't just talk about it, we actively live and breathe it. Always holding each other accountable as we navigate this journey together. That's right. We're two best friends on our own journey to healing, supporting each other despite our own beliefs and personal experiences. Through honest conversations, introspection, and connecting with our listeners, we uncover valuable insights, tools, and practices that support our constant evolution. By going inward, we unravel the mysteries of our own selves, and we're here to pass everything along that we've learned on our journey. You'll get to witness firsthand what the road to enlightenment looks like from the inside. Join us now as we dive into more healing, happiness, and wholeness. Whether you're a seasoned spiritual seeker or just starting on your path, Vibing Consciously is a podcast for you. Get ready to immerse yourself in discussions that will uplift your spirit, expand your consciousness, and inspire you to embrace your own self-love journey. Let's Let's vibe consciously. Welcome to another episode of Vibing Consciously. We're picking up right where we left off in the last episode where we were discussing the Venezuelan medicine woman. In this episode, we delve into the profound question, is healing the purpose of life? In this discussion, we explore the concept of God's earthly presence as means to fully embrace and understand the vastness of existence and how everything we experience is a reflection of our subconscious minds. Join us as we unravel the intricate connection between our personal spiritual growth and the lessons we encounter, ultimately revealing how they serve as a reflection of our own evolution. So something else that the medicine lady said is uh, she asked what I did for a job. And I said, well, I'm a Reiki practitioner. And she kept saying, well, do you do something else? And I said, well, I also do archangelic light, shamanic work, and I'm a metaphysical practitioner. And then I said, and I've also noticed in my healings, whatever I learned at the Dr. Joe retreat is definitely tapping into my healings. And he just does quant or um, it's like quantum healing or whatever. But he, I don't know if he calls it that, but they're called coherence healings. And pretty much you're tapping into the quantum. But I never said quantum to her. I just said this modality I learned at the Dr. Joe Dispenza retreats coming in, coming in in my healings. But I said it doesn't really have a name. And um, she kept saying Quantico. And the translator was like, quantity? Like, I'm not understanding what you're saying, what that word is. And she said, it's not numerology. And I said, well, I love numerology. She said, no, it's not numerology. And it's not Reiki. Quantico, Quantico. And I was like, quantum. She's talking about quantum healing. And then she said, yes, yes, see, see, quantum, quantum. So she could feel that in me somehow, how mm. I was tapping into the quantum to do my healing. Wow. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty cool that she can, like, I'm doing this healing modality so much that she can feel it. Mm-hmm. Because I have noticed in my practice when I do Reiki, which I tell my clients, I do Reiki, I do Archangelic Light, I do shamanic work. Whatever comes out is what you're getting. You know, whatever I feel intuitively guided to give you is what you're getting. 
And um, I have noticed in my Reiki clients, which they have picked up significantly. I get a new client or two every week now. Wow. Um, I have noticed that the healings are getting a lot stronger and I'm hearing a lot more things because I just had a client that was crazy. She has the exact same story as me, first of all, which I was blown away by. And then I get her on the table and she looks like she has a slit in the middle of her chest, like gaping open, like somebody cut her. And I went over it and I heard the word Eugene and I heard the word Andrew. And when you're doing energy work and you hear stuff like that, it's kind of convoluted because you don't know what could be for you and what could be for them. So I tell them, I'll tell you what I get intuitively, and if it resonates, then use it. But if it doesn't, then leave it. So I have a Eugene, but I don't have an Andrew. So I told her at the end of the appointment, I said, you know, I got these two names. And I said, take it for what it is. But um, Andrew, I don't have an Andrew in my life. And she said, Andrew was my first boyfriend. Hmm. It's like, wow. Well, <laughs> looks like you have some stuff to heal from that. But I just was like, wow. Wow. How did I know that? And it's from this work, from the Dr. Joe Dispenza retreat. Because I kind of heard stuff like that before, but not anything like that. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool. Well, I asked, um, you know, I've been wanting to know who my spirit guides are. Mm -hmm. You know, that's super new to me too, but um, I asked about a week and a half or so ago and uh, didn't get anything. And then one time during my restful closed eyes state, not asleep, just restful, I uh, heard Chris and Emma. I don't know who Chris is. I don't have a Chris in my life. But my grandmother's name that I never met was Emma. Wow. Never thought about her being a spirit guide at all. But when I heard her name, it was Chris and Emma. And it was almost like, I guess she said something. No, that was Chris. And then he goes, no, it was Emma. It was almost like they were having a conversation. It was weird. <laughs> Could it be someone related to her, maybe? I have a sister named Christina, but she's alive. So Alive people can be spirit guides. Well, she's the most religious sister I have. She's teaching you your biggest lesson then. So she could absolutely be a spirit guide. Hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Oh, the whole point of me bringing that up was, you know, you hear these names intuitively and it's like, well, you know, there's always some point to that. Yeah. And all the questions I ask now are in my head. I never ask it out loud anymore because I'm like, if if they can really hear me, if God can really hear me, I'll get the answers. I don't need to ask it out loud. Nope. And for the first, what, nine, ten, eleven months of this whole spiritual journey, I was asking shit out loud. Shouldn't be asking anything out loud. You don't need to ask stuff out loud. You can just think it and then you get an answer. I, I notice that's how it works for me like I know that if I think it in my head and I get an answer and I'm like oh okay yeah yep yep that's what I do too I don't ask out loud anymore I think it in my head mm -hmm. and I've I've become a lot more comfortable with the answers now mm -hmm. to trust them and sometimes I don't want to yeah but I find that when I do it's right 100% mm -hmm. of the time mm. yep this stuff is absolutely real 
100%. If you can just start opening your mind and your heart to it just a little bit, you'll start seeing everything line up and it becomes so much clearer. It is. And it's amazing to me how closed-minded people still are. Mm -hmm. Because on the way here, I was listening on the radio and they were talking about how a story came out about a guy who something had happened to him. And during a dream, he dreamt that he had a brother, a younger brother. Well, when he awoke, I don't know how long the time in between was that he found out that he actually did have a brother. And the people on this radio station, you know, one was like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, tell me I have a headache then, huh? Super close-minded. Yeah. And then the other one on there was like, well, I kind of think there's something to it because I had a thought about this. And then the next day that thought appeared again and I went on this and boom, it happened. So, you know, you got one person that is a little open to it, but then you got this other moron who's just like, yeah, okay, I don't know about that. Like, it's, it's like astounding to me that people are that closed-minded over this. Like, they think this is it. This is their life. You know, they're here, they live, they die. That's it. That's the end. That's it. Yeah. A lot oh, of and magically there's just aliens in the sky. You don't believe anything? We know there's aliens, but yet you think your entire life is, oh, here I'm gone. What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> with That's love. Gotta, Signed like, with love okay. from Sarah. I'm going to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> but like what? Like what? How is that all that you can see? You can't see out of that bubble. And that just amazes me. It's just like. Wow. I don't know. It's sad, too. It's very sad. I think it's more sad than anything. But I think people are, like, certain people in my life are starting to open up their eyes a little bit more because I did have a conversation with my mom the other day. I had not talked to her in a while. And for a week, it was, call your mom. <laughs> call your mom. Call your mom. Shut up, voice. It kept getting louder. <laughs> Call your mom. Call your mom. And then, boom, my mom likes something on my Facebook page. I'm like, shit, I got to call my mom. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me. Ah, uh, I don't want to. I love my mom, but, you know, I just didn't want to talk on the phone. Anyway. Yeah, right. Most parents are here for lessons. We all know that. Mm-hmm. Well, I talked to her on the phone and I decided to tell her about the dream I had about Wendy. So to backtrack really quickly, I had a dream um, about this person named Wendy who I am essentially related to. Well, her husband passed away back in May and I had a dream that she had died and she was actually on my neighbor's back porch and she was like blue gray colored but her face was very clear that's how I knew it was her and for whatever reason I walked up to her and she said don't worry I'm with God and then that was it that was the end that was ta-da, done <laughs> well a couple days later I met up with Wendy I was very upset about this dream because I was like oh god Wendy's gonna die blah blah blah, blah you know <laughs> I was looking at it from a basic normal person stance instead of what it actually was um, when I met up with her and, you know, after like two hours of conversation, we we're talking about her husband 
and she just looks at me and she goes, Sarah, you know, she's like, do you think he's with God? And all of a sudden, like this ginormous light bulb with massive like <laughs> fireworks and explosions in my head just started going off. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I get it. Mm-hmm. So basically that dream was that I was supposed to deliver a message to her, even though I dreamed it was her. It was actually her husband telling me, hey, can you tell her I'm okay? Mm -hmm. I'm with God. And when I told her that, she started crying and I was just like, I have powers. I was just like, oh my God, what's (laughs) happening? (laughs) Also, I have superpowers. Yeah, I deliver messages, apparently. I was just like, uh. And I called Kat, and Kat's like, make sure you clear that energy. I'm like, son of a bitch, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> no, no, no. I, got I real- don't have superpowers anymore. <laughs> I don't want them. Take them back. But this dream thing has intensified so much. Like, in season one, I told you guys about super, super basic dreams that I was having. And now it's it's changing, and it's just, it's so weird but for that guy on that radio station to be like yeah people can't dream that shit like i i want to walk up to him with love and bitch slap him with love (laughs) love sarah but like i wanted to call the radio station this morning because they said does anybody actually dream stuff and i'm like holy fuck i do (laughs) can i call you like can we talk like right now i was like but with all that, you know, I was talking to my mom and I told her all, you know, my dream. And she's like, huh. She's like, so what did she look like in the dream? Was she like blue gray? I hadn't told her what Wendy looked like. She's like, could you see her face? I said, yeah, she was bluish gray. I could see her face. She's like, oh, I had a I had a dream about my mom, Emma. Oh. When she first died. It's like like Inception, a dream within a dream within a dream. She's like, I had a dream about my mom when she first died that she came to me and asked if I was going to go with her. And my mom said, I told her, no, I wasn't done here yet. I have to stay. Wow. And my mom has never told me anything like that before. And I was just like, as we grow, I'm turning a doorknob and it's opening. And then I told her about the vision, the other visions I had. And we just talked and talked and talked. But I was just like, what the heck? Like, mm-hmm. so you, like the whole time I'm telling her this in my head, my ego's going, she's going to think you're crazy. She's going to think you're crazy. You're a loony bin. <laughs> but then she goes and says that. And I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. It's so that was about the only, yeah. It's pretty incredible. The more that we, first of all, the more that we grow the projections of us also grow. And I also find that I think that everybody goes through this step process when they go into their spiritual journey. And when it really clicks with them, part of the process is I want this for everyone else. And I get frustrated when people don't believe what I believe because I know that all the things that I was told were wrong and were lies. And now I have magic in my life and everybody can have magic in their life. I think that this is a normal process and I went through mine hard and it hit me like a freaking brick wall. You saw what it did to me. I mean, Mm -hmm. 
my brother and I struggle a lot because of this, because my brother and I have also always been very, very close. He was my protector growing up, and I looked at him like he was my father. And so his approval of me matters a lot. And I've never wanted him to be ashamed of me, ever. So I have bended and shaped and molded myself into the sister that I thought that he wanted and needed. And now I'm realizing how empty that's left me because I haven't been myself this whole time. And it's nothing that he's done. This is all me. This is stuff that I've done. But when I woke up to this, it is so outside of the realm of his beliefs. And those beliefs were also my beliefs before I woke up because I was him before I woke up. And I believed exactly as he did. But I was a little different than him in I've always had an issue with my trauma. My trauma has always haunted me. And where him, it doesn't seem like it haunts him as bad. But when I started this, it really felt like it was haunting me because it was coming up all the time, all the stuff that I had to work on. And I would look at him and say, we lived in the same house. If this is haunting me like this, oh my God, I could only imagine how haunted you are. So let me show you all of these things. And so I would constantly send him links and um, tell him different things I was experiencing. And I just noticed the more I was telling him, the more I was pushing him away. And I was starting to get really afraid because I was afraid that he was going to be ashamed of me. Oh my God, I've shown him a part of me. And now he's probably not going to talk to me anymore. And then look at what happened. But as I heal through this, I notice growth in him too. Because even though he doesn't believe what I believe, we're learning to accept each other better for who we are. And it's healing our relationship. So even though he's not spiritual and he doesn't, I mean, he doesn't believe in any of this stuff, nothing. He is the person on that podcast for the most part where he does not believe that emotions hold in the body. He doesn't believe that everything is energy. What does he think everything is? I don't know, Sarah. I really don't know. And I've showed him research over and over and over and over feeling, again. What does he think the feeling happiness is? It's not just a feeling. So this is the thing, Sarah. Him and I have never felt happiness before. He doesn't know what okay, happiness feels like. Okay, what about sadness like. and anger? What does he think that is? Normal. Hmm. So he's normalized these feelings, which I did too. I bottled and stuffed them down so hard. But they're all energy. Absolutely. They are energy, and energy doesn't die. Energy is neither created nor destroyed. It just exists. It's everything that is. And our body is nothing but energy, and therefore our thoughts are nothing but energy. But he does not believe that at all. And I have sent him so many research studies, and I finally asked him, what to you would classify something as truth? And he said, FDA approval, all of this stuff. And this is where the frustration in me builds and builds and builds. I'm like, we were just talking about how these systems do nothing but lie to us. And you're talking about FDA approval. They are never going to approve this because FDA only approves things that will make money. 
This will not make anyone money. If we all find out that we have these abilities inside of us where our dreams can tell the future or we can heal people with our minds or our hands with no drugs, why would the FDA support that? You are never, never going to see this on national news Mm -hmm. because national news only covers fear. It only covers things that's going to keep you at a lower vibration. Mm -hmm. And even some of the scientific research that's online on these major sites are all lies. But if you go to Harvard, Stanford, and you really start digging into some of the research they're doing, like what we were talking about the last episode, about um, how trauma holds in the body and repressed emotions cause disease and all this. This research has been done for decades. It's already been proved as fact. It's not belief anymore. It's fact. But there are still people out there that say, I don't believe it. And you say, well, it's not a matter of your beliefs. Your beliefs is what's keeping you sick. Mm -hmm. Do you, like, why do you not want to be better? I think I said this in, in one of the past episodes. This is where I'm at right now. So... I'm really starting to transition out of trying to save people. I only want to help people who want and need my help, who reach out to me and ask for it. Now, I love my brother so much, and I know he loves me, but it's not my job to save him. He doesn't need saving. And there will be a time in his life, I don't know when that time will be, Or what's going to happen to bring him there? But there will be a time that comes where he knows. I think this happens to everyone. But like we've said before, with men, it's especially hard because they've been taught for so long to shove down their emotions. And my brother says that he's moved past his trauma. He believes that 100% in his heart. And it's not for me to judge that either. But I will say the body tells the story. The words that come out of your mouth mean nothing. Your body is what tells the story. And if you're in pain and if you're sick and you're in and out of the doctor and you've got all this stuff wrong in your body, you're holding on to something. That energy is in there and it's Mm -hmm. wanting to come out. And the whole reason why you have pain and disease is because it's literally exploding. The energy inside of that place in your body is exploding. Mm -hmm. And it's trying to get your attention. It's not asking for a cover-up with medication. It's asking for your attention and your focus. Mm -hmm. But people run away from that. They don't want to give their pain their attention and their focus. They want to give their wellness their focus. But they don't know their wellness comes from looking at their sickness. A lot of people think it comes in the form of a pill. Mm -hmm. And I know that I I sound like I'm totally against Western medicine. (laughs) I get it. I'm not totally against Western medicine. I think that it plays a very important part in our lives, but I also know that it is a multi-billion dollar industry that is used and manipulated against us. Now, I, I take medication when I need to, but I don't if I feel like I can work through it. If I can sit in that pain and give it my focus, then that's what I'll do. But I also have other things like environmental allergies that I've suffered with for now almost 10 years that will put me 
in a state where I can't function. So I do take medicine for that. But I'm also giving it my focus and I'm letting it work its way out in steps to where I can handle it. Because for a long time, I was having to do allergy shots twice a week, and then I went down to once a week, and then I started doing the drops. And now I've stopped the drops, and I'm just down to Claritin. So my body is telling me when I'm ready to be done with it. But I've hated my environment for a really long time. (laughs) So my body is fighting it. So I have to teach my body how to feel safe in its environment again. But I totally get your frustration. And I think that now in your part of your journey, you're going to start feeling that frustration more and it's going to cause you to make a lot of changes in your life because that frustration can weigh on you too, where you'll start to see this frustration does not make me feel good, which you probably won't get as frustrated as I did because I also have this built-in savior complex. But I don't know how people don't see it either. I have no idea because... With my personality and with yours too, Sarah, you've always been very open-minded where anything I've ever told you, whether you believed it or not, you've at least kept an open mind about it to say, okay, well, I may not believe it, but it's working for her and that's pretty cool. Mm. But then as you saw it working for me more and more, then you're like, okay, now I'm a little interested. (laughs) This is intriguing. And then it starts happening to you because you're putting your attention to it. Mm-hmm. You're starting to see, okay, Kat's doing these things. What's she doing? And then you start putting your attention to it. Once you can just open your mind just a little bit. I tell people all the time, start with synchronicities. That's the easiest thing. Mm-hmm. If you can oh, just. Oh, God. I went on the synchronicity train for about a year. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm not even going to go back down that path. But, <laughs> oh, my God, it was a lot of synchronicities. And I was just like. Cat, I'm so f- tired of seeing these, n- you know, let's go basic numbers. Mm-hmm. But now when I see numbers, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm aligned. Right, exactly. I finally got it. It just took a year. <laughs> right, right, because the analytical mind has to make some sort of understanding of it. It's how we're built as humans. So when someone tells you, okay, if you start seeing synchronicities, triple numbers, it means something. If you're open, if you're trying to open your mind to it and someone tells you that and then you start seeing triple numbers everywhere and you're like, what does it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? So you're Googling and all these things. Oh, okay, it means this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then after a while, you'll see them become more specific where there'll be people's birthdays or um, a date that's really important to you or a number that's really important to you, like your childhood phone number, the last four digits of your childhood phone number or something. And you keep seeing it everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. And then you start to get frustrated. Oh, I'm so tired of seeing my childhood phone number. What from my childhood do I need to face now? And see, that's where the attention, where the universe is like, I got you right where I want you. You're getting frustrated now because I've got your attention. So now look at your childhood. For God's sake, look at your childhood. I've been yelling at you for a year, Sarah, or Kat, or whoever. Now I've got your attention. I just did shadow work on numbers that I had been seeing for a while. Mm -hmm. I ain't seen any of those numbers today. See? So it passes when you finally put your attention to it and you stop getting frustrated and resist it. So that's resistance is when you're trying to analyze and pick it apart. Because now, so my reoccurring thing that I know is coming up is I keep seeing Kev 
on the back of license plates. Are you seeing it too? No, I keep seeing that one that I was telling you about the other day. Oh, yeah. And I try to overanalyze it. So I'm like, okay, what are the numbers? Okay, 10, 11, 19. Okay, what does that mean? Fucking know what that means. 10? No, well, I'm overanalyzing again anyway. But anyway, 10, the 10th month is October 11. I don't know. It's like you can't overanalyze it. You just kind of have to be like, okay, thanks. I don't know what it means. So if you want to present it in a different way, you know. And then I, I, I feel like once I said that, I was like, I'm not really getting what you're saying. So... You know, and then it just kind of disappeared. So right. I guess it's going to be presented in a different way because I don't get it that way. Yeah. I mean, usually it will show up in a different way. So my repeating thing is Kev right now. And Kevin was the name of my, the only boyfriend who I was with that was physically abusive to me. So when I see that, I usually just take a breath and I say, all right, I know, I know. I know I need to look at it. I'll look at it. I promise. But it'll keep sending it to me over and over and over again until I finally do sit down and look at it. But like you said, after you look at it, it passes and you stop seeing it. It's just sometimes I just don't think I'm ready to face that just yet. And I know that once I open that box, that box is going to be open for a little bit. It's not going to pass and just one go around. (laughs) It's going to take a little while. Oh, so I'm going to have to do that. So what is what is the point of life <laughs> if we're here to heal all these things? You know, we're just going to, okay, let's, okay, you're going to start here. Okay, now we're going to go here, and then we're going to go here and here and here and here and here and here. Oh, and then this is going to happen, and that's going to bring up this, 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 this. So basically... You spend your childhood years being a kid playing with toys, maybe, or being beaten. I don't know. You spend your childhood however it is. Right. Spend your teenage years being a whiny baby or being promiscuous, super awesome, or I don't know, whatever. Then you become an adult and something happens. And then it's like, okay, you got to heal from all this stuff. So is it? The whole point of life is just to keep seeking these different things to heal. Yes. But why? Because God wants to experience everything. But what is the outcome of that? Spiritual evolution. Okay. Why? (laughs) (laughs) So. Hold on one second. So basically to be like God. Oh, yeah. Because Okay. So this is what I think is kind of funny when I think about it. And a lot of people think this. Because when you ask the question, what is the, what, why life? Mm-hmm. It's just to heal? Well, to experience life through the eyes of God, because we are God. So like we've said in previous episodes, when you're in these higher dimensions, you're aware of your connectedness with God and all of everything in the universe. You're connected to the stars and the planets and everything 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 is energy and we are all connected to the one source of energy here on earth we're at a lower density where we've forgotten that we've forgotten about that and because god wants to experience everything good and bad because god is nothing but pure information 
we go through different things. So usually, and you have to think about it kind of on a deeper level. So how you said you play with toys or you get beaten. When, and those are two things that you can absolutely do as a child. And they were very <laughs> bad examples. I was just throwing something out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but as a child, you're under the control of your parents. You're getting programmed by society and by your parents, by your external environment. You have yeah. no control of anything as a child. But then as you get older in adolescence, you start having hormones and your hormones start to change your way of thinking, the chemicals in your brain. So then you start thinking more of independence, your own person. So that's when you start developing your personality a little bit more. And you do this through, I think like age seven is really when it starts coming, like the shift in hormones and the shift in coming into your own individual person. But you're still under the control of your parents. But you're starting to become aware of more stuff. So as a teenager, I knew that my family was fucked up. All right. As a kid, I was not so aware of that. I thought that our life was um, normal but weird. I knew not to tell many kids about my mom's disorder because I realized that that scared a lot of my friends. But for the most part, I was not aware of the things that my parents were doing were wrong. I just thought that they were normal. But as a teenager, I started feeling, okay, these things were a little bit wrong. And the way that people treat me is wrong. So then I don't want to feel this way, but I don't know how to emotionally regulate. So I'm going to bend and shape and mold and become a chameleon. Yeah. So that's where like clicks and stuff start. But then you go into adulthood and you got to get a job. You're a part of a whole different program. You're in the nine to five work business program now or college which is another program, and you're getting shaped and bended and molded a certain way. But then a point comes where you're tired of bending and shaping and molding, and a part of you, a part of your soul, because we are still our soul's essence. Like who we are as spirit is who we are here, because we're not separate from spirit. And a lot of people think that. They think that our spiritual selves is like, this highly evolved, perfect being. I mean, that's what I think. I think she's just kind of like floating up there and she's like, look at how perfect my hair is, Sarah. It has no split ends. <laughs> and don't forget about my flawless fucking skin. So first of all, your spirit you doesn't have skin. <laughs> you would be a light body. Okay, but in my head, you have in my ego skin. head, in my ego head, okay. She's fucking awesome. You're like, look at my glow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have such a dewy glow today. And she's just kind of like floating up here, kind of like this. Yeah. Sarah's Sorry. doing a move right now. Hold on. Sorry, Kelly. She's just kind of like, you know. So spirit Sarah is just as graceful as human Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not very graceful. She is flying above you like that because she is you. But and she's laughing at me right now, too. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, our spirit selves are more evolved than us, and they're more knowing because they're playing this game with us. But we come here B 
because our spirit still needs evolution. We are not perfect. We're not source. We're still working our way up. And it takes a lot to get there because source is perfect. Source is pure, raw information, all information. So when this point comes in our life where we say, okay, we don't want to be this person who other people have created my whole life, that's when your spiritual awakening happens. That's when things start to change and you start to get closer to God. That's when God starts calling you back. So when the Bible in Revelation says that Jesus is coming back for the rapture, okay, a physical Jesus is not going to come here playing a trumpet and, and riding a cloud or a broomstick to save us all. Jesus coming back is the Christ consciousness coming back to the planet. The rapture is the rise in consciousness that we're experiencing right now. It's our coming back to God because how many people do you know right now who are all healing something inside of them? It's like everybody, everybody right now. It's happening globally because it's God. <laughs> it's this force outside of us that's doing it and or inside of us, both inside and outside of us. But this is just what God wants to experience, and he wants to experience it in every possible form and way. So the way that I look at it is we do have a collective consciousness here on earth, but we all have our individual consciousness that shows us an individual projection of what earth looks yeah, like. I'm experiencing an emotion. Uh-oh. Did something happen? Oh, whoa. Truth's being told. Uh, what's today's date? It was the dance. What dance? The floaty dance that you just did. Oh, is that what it was? It moved some energy, apparently. You connected with your higher self and you moved like your higher self. Now you're feeling it. I today's date so. is 9-11. But, yeah, that's pretty much what it is. And... Like the Bible also says, there are people who are going to be left behind and people who go to the new earth. The way I look at it is everybody's individual projection is based on where they are at emotionally. So that's why I'm saying that as we grow, we're seeing the people around us grow because it is our own individual projection that's happening so in our projection, it's all subconscious. This whole, everything that we see, everything that we see is a subconscious projection. And our subconscious is our spirit self. So if our spirit self wants to come here to learn forgiveness or love or compassion or whatever, we're going to go through different things in our lives to experience that. And then when we come to this point in our life where we're coming back to God, we start having this realization to say, oh my God, all those things that happened to me happened because I'm com I come here to learn forgiveness and I have to learn to forgive them. They abused me the worst because they are my master teacher. So that's, I think that that's the purpose of life is to come to this awareness of that and to see where the things that happened to you were not outside of you. They were not outside of your control. They were within you, the things that happened to you. 
And our spirit is what makes those choices for us because our spirit wants to evolve. Because from what I know, with Michael Newton's work, he is he was a, um, a past life regressionist hypnotist way back in like the 70s. He got information that there are different spiritual levels that we go through where I guess it's, you know, we're in third dimension now and then you go fourth, fifth, sixth, da 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 da, da. And you have to go through these different lessons to evolve into a higher level. So Michael Newton says the ones who pick terrible lives here on earth are usually the ones who are trying to evolve on a spiritual level because there's something about you as your spirit self, because our spirit self is still us, there's something about you that you haven't worked through yet that you have to pick a level, like a dimension that you're a part of to go back to because time exists all at once. Time is not linear as we look at it. The past, present, and future is all happening at once. So if the future self if this self, the spirit self, is going from like 12th to 13th dimension, let's say. Once you're up there in those dimensions, you are very aware of your other lives that you're living out on other dimensions. So then you'll say, okay, to go up to the 13th dimension, I'm still having a hard time with the savior complex. I really need to get past that and start focusing on myself more and realize that everybody's journey is their own. What can I do? Or I should say, where should I go? Where should I become consciously aware of that will teach me that? What part of me has already existed that I can go back to where I could really learn that lesson? So then you'll go back to the third dimension right here on Earth because Earth is a major learning school, the learning school from what I know in our universe where you'll set up different situations with your spirit family, where you'll say, okay, I'm going to go in and do this to you at this age, and then we're going to connect back at this age, and we're going to learn forgiveness, and you're going to learn that that you can't save me, that I would have to save myself, but you did plant seeds to help me along that journey, and then they'll become thankful for that, and I'll learn, okay, I can't save people, but I can plant seeds, and I can also live by example. I have to live and breathe what I preach in order to really truly change and save people. The only way to save people is by being your true self. So that's where I'm at. But my thing with God that I look at, and I know a lot of people think this, and this is still my human brain, God must be pretty freaking full of himself. And I still say him, so that's still programming. (laughs) Because I'm like, God is experiencing itself through so many different levels. I mean, if you think about our universe, our universe is infinite. God is pure consciousness. Every single thought that every being, not just human, being has, is God experiencing itself. That's crazy to me. To me, I look at it like, I don't know, like how many, why do you have to know yourself so well? God, why can't you just be good with you? Why do you have to experience all these things? But again, that's 3D mind. Dolores Cannon talks about this, and I guess they get bored living a cushy life that's all happy, and they have everything. They get bored. We do the same thing as humans. Hmm. 
I mean, how many people do you know if their life is too good, they turn around and self-sabotage and wreck it? Because it's not exciting. We don't learn that way. I mean, you look at people who are raised by like mega millionaires that are really good parents and they have a great life. And then they get to be teenagers and adults and they're so lost because they didn't experience anything. Mm-hmm. Which, that would be a whole nother thing they did experience because some people come here to have easy lives because a past life might have been really traumatic. So they are still here to experience joy. So those people who feel like that, where they say, I haven't experienced anything, usually they go out and they have all these experiences and then they realize, wow, I really did experience something. I had great parents when all of my other friends had abusive, traumatic childhoods. I had a pretty good childhood and I am so thankful for that. So again, learning Mm -hmm. just from a different perspective. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Seems about right. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's another deep conversation. Yeah, it sure was. My brain is like, Hey, Sarah, you need a break. (laughs) It does take a lot of energy doing the podcast, I will say. I didn't think that it would take as much energy as it does, but it really, really does. Callie can feel all my energy. She's been hanging out next to me, which I will be posting a photo of sweet Callie. Callie, my pup. She's my girl. Everybody's going to know who she is because she's (laughs) going to be on social. She's going to be social media famous. There we go. You know what I was actually wanting to do when I start this yoga teacher trainer? I was actually wanting to completely go off of social media but not for the podcast just personal accounts right it's so easy to get sucked back into it I have a really good friend of mine who was an influencer on social media she had a lot of followers and actually got a lot of really good friendships out of this Mm -hmm. but she realized how much energy it was taking and how much it was sucking the life out of her and she said that now she's decided to give totally give it up. She got rid of everything. Wow. She said that she's way more present in her life where before she would be on social media, she would just kind of be in her house. Now she's hanging out with friends more, like she's making dates with friends. She said that she is able to concentrate so much better. So, yeah, I think getting rid of social media would be great for a lot of people. I think social media is is good. I think that it can serve in a lot of ways, but it's bad in a way that we use it as a means of distraction and it makes us feel bad about ourselves sometimes. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I just want to do it for that nine months because I know it's going to be life changing. So, yeah. But I'll still be there for you guys on (laughs) the Vibing Consciously Instagram. And now we are on Facebook. Yay! For all them, for all them people that just like Facebook. Yay, Facebook! Yeah, Sarah does the social media because of how much I hate it. <laughs> Eat, Sarah. Eat. <laughs> we'll cut it off with that. That's Sarah's alarm to eat. The little things that we do to take care of ourselves these days. Yep. I gotta go eat something, guys. So we'll talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this journey to self-discovery and healing. We hope the discussions and the practices we've shared have helped you to raise your vibration and find more peace and balance in your life. Don't forget to be kind to yourself, listen to your body, and trust the process. Make sure to visit our website at vibingconsciouslypodcast.com 
where you'll find links to listen to our newest episodes, subscribe to our newsletter, and find out where you can find us on social media. If you have a topic that you'd like to be featured on Vibing Consciously, or you'd like to be featured as a guest, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Keep up the great work, and remember, if you're feeling, you're healing. Until next time, keep shining your light and spreading your love wherever you go. Namaste.